What's up, Dr. Who fans? Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. We have two uh, videos of comic books transformed left before 2023 is over. And I couldn't think of a better person to spend the second to last episode with than my good friend, Mike Bongiorno over there. Mike, welcome to the show. It's wonderful to be here. Yes. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, man. You know what? Mike and I, boy, we've been hanging out a lot at the end of the year, huh? Yeah, yeah. Very we, good. Uh, there's two episodes over on his channel, Pop Culture Man Children. Do you want to explain what those are, Mike? Yeah. Uh, we've got this week, we've got, you came on to talk about um, everyone's favorite New Year's Eve movie, Ghostbusters 2. And then um, next week, the first episode of the new year will be an episode on Gremlins 2. Yes. That was a fun time, and I'm actually going to go listen to that Ghostbusters one after this. But I, I feel like I've like brought you over to like seduce you or something into my <laughs> little, you know, I, I'm actually in my bedroom, and I'm I, recording in here because I wanted everyone to see my Star Wars tree, and then I want to show you this Christmas gift my mom got me yesterday. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever seen one of these before? No, what does it do? It, it like, plays the music and stuff. I don't know if you can hear it over my headphones. I can hear it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just stop that, a copyright strike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. But what's <laughs> cool about this thing is it also does like dialogue. But the weird thing is it just plays dialogue from the fourth doctor. I don't know why it doesn't do any of the other doctors. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Well, while since we're showing toys that Santa got us. Do it, do it, do it. Oh. I I got this. I got this bad boy. Oh man, Hallmark uh did a killing with us this year, huh? No, this is like the um, from the classic. Uh, what do you call it? A classic Trek, like to like toys, like um, toy line. Oh, nice. Okay. I don't know. Maybe it, the scale isn't right. It's pretty big. That is awesome. Yeah. So, for those of you that are just listening on the podcast, you probably wonder <laughs> what the hell are me and Mike talking about. I have a TARDIS that my mom just bought me from Hallmark. It spins around, and then Mike just busted out the original uh enterprise from the kirk era you know the original series so that, that was pretty awesome man which my mom also bought me <laughs> <laughs> it's so appropriate that mike's show is called pop culture man children because we are like <laughs> true man children right now yeah. Yeah. yeah so um anyway today we're here we've been covering a whole lot of doctor who on this channel and i think that's great because yeah. my passion for doctor who has been reignited what, what about you man lovely yeah you know doctor who is like it's a big fandom, but it's not the kind of fandom, for me at least, that's like a fire that's always burning because it's on forever. And, and, and it also, it skips years. So it's like, there'll be like Doctor Who times where it's like, you got to get into it and, and really enjoy it. And then like, you'll have a year where there's no Doctor Who and you kind of just have to go back to the rest of your life. <laughs> yes. And we're in one of those times right now. The fire is burning pretty yeah. damn brightly. Um, we just got our new doctor, Shutigawa, who is the 15th doctor. And uh, that's in the Christmas special, The Church on Ruby Road. So just right off the bat, Mike, uh, did you enjoy this special? I did enjoy it. Okay. I very much did enjoy it. I, when I, I watched, I've seen it twice. When I first watched it, I was kind of not sure about it. Although I was also in a bad mood. And I think, <laughs> I think critics don't say that enough. <laughs> like sometimes Roger Ebert would be like, I hated this movie. And it's like, well, Roger, were you just having a bad day? You know what I mean? Right. Like, um, but uh yeah, I I've I've it's very charming. I think I wanted something different from it. 
to be honest okay. with you. But um, I do like it. Okay, well, why don't you tell me what you wanted from it? I think I wanted um, to see Shurigawa do, I don't know, more stuff. Yeah. And um, sort of in the tradition of the, 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 the pilot of the reboot, Rose, Russell T. Davies' first episode, it's really an episode about the companion. It, the companion is the protagonist. Right, Rose is the protagonist. Yeah, yeah. Well, when you say do more stuff, like like what kind of stuff? Like use the side screwdriver and I, yeah, I guess I guess I wanted to know him more, but um, as I was watching again, I realized like you know this is in a way it's resetting back to the mystery of Doctor Who. Who is this guy? You know, and we're seeing him through Ruby's eyes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's the idea, right? That was the initial idea behind the title of the show, right? Doctor Who. It's like yeah. he just calls himself the Doctor. I kind of had this like Abbott and Costello, who's on first situation with my seven year old. She's like, "Why is it called Doctor Who?" And I was like, yeah. "It's because he never says what his real name is." But um, yeah, I, I feel like this is a great jumping on point if you've never watched the show. I agree. And, and then you said that you kind of wish that he did more. For me, I thought that he did a couple of interesting things. You'll have to tell me because you're much more knowledgeable of Doctor Who at this point. Like, he seemed like he was really keen on learning things. Like, he he wanted to learn the language of the ropes that were in the goblin ship. And um, he, I'm trying to think what else. Like, he, he, like, they talk about magic and stuff, but he was like, you know, talking about how he was really interested in language and then he like invented these gloves yes I, I, like does the other doctor other versions of the doctors invent stuff too uh not as i'm trying to think once in a while you'll have something like that but that did feel like it, it felt very russell t davies yeah um but i think he had you know depending on the kind of doctor that it's going to be um uh, their sort of first story sometimes is a um, it's them sort of getting used to their new body, getting used yeah. to their new, you know, everything. Um, you know, I, Peter Capaldi's first episode, he's kind of like, you know, he's he's he kind of has amnesia, he he doesn't really know what's going on. They didn't do that with this. With this, you know, we don't even know how much time was between the last special and this episode. You know, we see him like. He's kind of, I guess, following Ruby because he's got this idea about what's happening, but he's dancing in a club. So he's kind of like knows who he is. And unlike Capaldi or even like Matt Smith, this doctor seems to have a sort of wide-eyed um, enthusiasm for the world that we haven't seen really in a while. Yeah. Well, there's that one sequence, right, where uh, like we should establish right away that Ruby seems to be plagued with bad luck. Like all these yeah. things kind of fall around her. She's like missing appointments and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's this one like very precariously set up snowman that's essentially already falling <laughs> off of a building. And these goblins that are very gremlin like. Very gremlin like. They, they set it up to where it's going to fall on her. Yeah. Um, he ends up having the snowman fall on him. He at first kind of chastises this woman for having a baby out in a stroller. Right. And, and so that's a little bit of fun. I think that any version of the doctor would have done that. But then, like, a cop comes by, 
and the guy says your girl or the doctor says you're gonna propose to your girlfriend in like three days and she's gonna say yes yeah and yeah. he does almost like the sherlock holmes kind of deduction of like well yes. okay so what do you think of that i like that a lot i, I also got to remember that this is it's not just a a first story for a new doctor it's also a christmas special right. and the christmas specials tend to have a certain whimsy to them yeah. um so i think you were getting a little bit of that with with that cop um but it was an interesting deduction i mean he says the sonic screwdriver pinged and it's yeah. because it, it noticed it, it detected a two carat diamond which was in your pocket which means it's probably a ring he said i deducted that it was a female because what guy would want a, a, a diamond or something like that and then he says like um and i know you really love her and she's gonna say yes because the sales start next week but you couldn't wait. Yeah. So yeah, it's very it's very Holmes in, yeah. in a way. And, and it would have been funny because of course the doctor has to be super intelligent and you know we have to have, have a lot of confidence in him. But it would have been funny if the guy was like, that's not true. I actually, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. I, I live by myself in my mother's basement or something, you know. Like, <laughs> but uh, no, no, that was a fun little moment. We mentioned how these creatures, the goblins that are in this show are like uh, gremlins. A lot, a lot. It makes me wonder if they were gremlins in the original script and they were told to not do that. Like, legally, you shouldn't do it. Because it is a Christmas episode and Gremlins is a Christmas movie. And they they act like gremlins. They look like gremlins. I mean, they're called goblins. Yeah. Um, But they're, they're about the size of gremlins. They look very much like gremlins. They're green. They cause mischief. Right. Um, I mean, for much like gremlins, like... Before we really get a good look at them, we see their hands coming into right. the film, like knocking things down and like cutting her bag so all her groceries fall out. <laughs> right. You always see their little hand and they make some kind of gobliny noise. Gremlins yeah. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, you know, they sound like gremlins. The way right. They right. Exactly. Um, it's funny, too, because the I think the very first thing you see besides this sort of like prologue with Ruby's mother is um, Ruby being interviewed for a show that's sort of like one of those like dna test shows yeah. where they tell you your background and the woman that they interview she eventually gets bad luck and the goblins go to kill her like yeah, like yeah. her tree it's actually a pretty gruesome kind of scene because her christmas yeah. tree goes to fall on her and like it looks like the stars are gonna go into her eye yeah 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 that's a very gremlins thing and it's funny because the woman that um interviews ruby her name's davina mccall uh -huh. and she's apparently some kind of like british host for like a tv oh, show so she's somebody that we would know that they would know and that's fun yeah because <laughs> did you notice like the doctor kind of goes he's like merry christmas davina mccall like he says it like that now, now it makes sense to me yeah yeah yeah, yeah. well that's yeah. really interesting it, it's uh, funny like you've never watched uh big brother in your life right no no it's because you're a normal person not like me yeah uh, cause like they have a, a host, Julie Chen, who uh -huh. like her nickname is like Chen bot because she has like no personality. Uh -huh. So I could see it being like the doctor would be like, Merry Christmas, Julie Chen. You yeah, know? yeah. 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 Now, now I, now it makes sense to me. Yeah. Much, cause they do say her not and her name like five times. Right. Right. <laughs> so what did you think of that prologue before that scene? Well, we've already got some mystery, right? I mean, mm -hmm. who is the hooded figure? that uh dropped ruby off who's ruby's mother who is ruby's neighbor that knows what a tardis is mm. um you know it made me think about um 
again, like I, I keep thinking through the lens of Russell T Davies and what I liked about when he was the showrunner before. And this whole idea of coincidence is not new to him. Um, it's something that he seems to be obsessed with in his writing in big and little ways. In, you know, his first series, you had like the bad wolf thing. Mm-hmm. Why do they keep saying bad wolf? And then in the, the season with Donna, you had um, the bees. Everyone keeps talking about bees and where are the bees going? Mm. Like, the this is really nerdy, but the first Doctor Who thing that Russell T. Davies ever did was he wrote a Doctor Who novel about the seventh Doctor. And in that um, novel, there's a character who, I forget her first name, but her last name is Tyler, like Rose Tyler. Oh. And, and, and he said to him in his headcanon, that it was a cousin to Rose Tyler. Oh, so, like, cool. He's super interested in tying things up in weird little ways that aren't exactly like overt, but just show like that there's a sort of like wonder to the universe that's constantly weaving things in and out. You know, oh. even the idea that um, she is what they call a foundling in this and mm-hmm. that doctor is as well. Yes. Yes. I'm really glad you brought that up because isn't that essentially referencing the timeless child? Yeah, and I was really surprised because um, you there was a feeling that whoever the the new show was going to kind of like not decanonize, but but move on very quickly from the last showrunner and all of his decisions. But not only has have they continued it in the three specials that had David Tennant. It's continuing again and seems to be informing the Doctor's character. The Doctor still seems to be working through everything that they learned through the Flux story and and before that. That they were basically just abandoned by who knows who. I have my own feelings. I think it's – I don't know if there is parents. I think it's probably more like Anakin. I think like maybe time made him or whatever. (laughs) Probably. Yeah. But yeah, it is. Int- I was su- really surprised to see that Russell T Davies is still interested in like having the doctor think about those things. Yeah, yeah. You you made me think of an interesting point that like when it comes to the canon of things that are decades old, like sixty years old, like the Doctor, or I, yes. I often think about comic books that have been around, like you know, Superman's been around since the thirties and stuff. It, it's almost like a universe has been created and we just essentially go to it. Uh-huh. Now, now some creators, they, they take it on and they, they make significant changes because I think they have kind of hubris. They're like, Oh, I'm going to change this for the better. or I'm going to make my mark. But then other people kind of like use the details to tell their own story. And uh, it seems like maybe Russell T Davies, based on what you're saying, he doesn't want to radically change anything he just kind of wants to modernize it. Like he doesn't want to change what Doctor Who is or the history before it. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I mean, remember, he is the person who brought it back yeah. from the dead. We talk about it being on for 60 years, but there was a 15-year gap between essentially the original show ending with the eighth, no, with the seventh doctor. Right. And then it being rebooted with the ninth doctor, that one little TV movie in the middle. Um, and Russell Davies was the one who brought it back. And, you know, we don't realize, like he could have just started fresh. Right. He completely rebooted it. It was his, you know, he was the one who respected Dr. Who enough that he was like, no, 
I want to make sure um, everything that happened did happen. Yes, yes, yes. That's a very like comic book type thing. Because often yeah. with, with comic books, they'll start with like a fresh new number one issue and it'll seem like it's like a new take on the story, but there's always this homage to what came before. And even when they literally rewrite history and stuff with like something like Crisis on Infinite Earths, they, they still will eventually go back to everything that's come beforehand. Right. And I you think know? it's a delicate balance because you do want to give a little bit of that continuity pornography for the, <laughs> for the diehard fans. But too much of that, and it becomes um, uh, it becomes alienating. I I feel like um, uh, Stephen Moffat's era, every episode would have like five references to an old villain, an old character. Yeah, and sometimes to the detriment of what the story they were telling. It seems like story wise, um, this series now seems to be looking forward. I mean, this is a new Doctor. They introduce new characters. They introduce these new little goblins. The doctor's thinking in a different way. The doctor's acting in a different way. So it feels fresh. Like you said, I think if you were like, how? Do, when can I get into Doctor Who? I think right now is the time you could. But at the same time, it's referring back to what just happened. Right, right. Exactly, exactly. Um, he, you know, he, he did this awesome joke a couple of times in the last recording where you're talking about this old British man, white yeah. British man drinking tea. And then he'd find out an announcement about the doctor, just spit the tea out. Yeah. 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 Um, did that old British man essentially have a heart attack with this episode and die? Well, it, it is. <laughs> well, when you see the first black doctor in a club dancing, wearing a, a dress, yeah. I'm sure he very much, had a heart attack and his wife had to call nine 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 and fucking. <laughs> uh, I like that you were regionally appropriate for that. Absolutely, absolutely. I would <laughs> people by saying nine one one. But yeah, well, you know that kind of leads me to something else I'm interested in, which is it seems that this doctor is not going to have an outfit like every other doctor, mm -hmm. and, and some doctors like Capaldi and. Um, I said the last couple of doctors have had like two different outfits, almost like like uh, like a, a an away team uniform. <laughs> um, but it seems like from what we've seen in in the previews and stuff, this doctor has a different outfit in every episode, like a real person. But there is a flair, and there's a sort of like um, a, a sort of a non-binary sort of like wildness to it. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, so you don't think that that sort of that tannish orangey kind of coat isn't going to be like his coat? I don't know. I mean, we'll we'll see. We'll see what happens. They, I mean, the toy makers will eventually have to like pin right. down something. Right. Like, right. This is what the toy is. This is what the builder bear is going to be. <laughs> right, right. But um, it seems like uh, even from this episode, he wears a bunch of different things. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, I should say, I don't know if you read this, but Russell T. Davies, um, he had a partner for a long time who sadly passed away. Oh. And he supposedly, um, the way that the doctor meets Ruby, where he grabs her drink, that's how he met his partner. Oh. He wanted to homage his relationship yeah. in this episode. That's sweet. Jeez Louise. Yeah. Uh, 
it, it's funny because I don't know how to say this without like coming out in a hard, weird way. I, I've always, I've always been okay with diversifying characters and, and especially having like new characters that are non-white, non-cis male characters because we need more of those because, you know, it, it's so interesting. Like if you just go back even just 10 years, like there's been so much progress within 10 years to yeah, yeah. have more female characters. Um, so I'm okay with the doctor being a, a black man and, you know, essentially he, he, I think he's gay or whatever he is in this, you know? And um, like, I, I thought that I would have more of a problem with that because I, you know, the doctor for the longest time was a white man and the show was a certain way. And now it's just like, it, it seems like a totally different thing. Yeah. But, but I have to say that this episode was like so charming and magical that I just was like, who gives a shit about right. like the way that this was beforehand? It right. still has the framework of it. This, this guy is so charming as the doctor that like, it doesn't matter. Like right. you're only going to dislike this guy because you have like an agenda to dislike right of course yeah right yeah well i i think the thing about the show is and do, look people get stuck in their own errors people get stuck in their favorite doctors their favorite you know you know authors i i used to work with someone who didn't like any of the new who like loved the fourth doctor loved the fifth doctor like all like everything in the modern era he didn't like at all yeah um and uh well, me and this person disagreed a great deal uh, <laughs> about a lot of things, but he was always upset about different changes and stuff. I think the thing that's essential to Doctor Who and the reason why it's 60 years old and hasn't run its course, really, is that it it the show regenerates like the character regenerates. But like you said, there's a framework. It's the Doctor, a companion, and they're traveling around in the TARDIS. That's the, that's the basic thing. And, and, and that framework really is malleable and you can put a lot of different things in that yeah exactly exactly it, you know i keep bringing it back to comics and it's because the channel is called comic books transform but um you know these characters have been around longer than the doctor and yet they're still kind of consistently the same age what's cool about doctor who is that he's able to regenerate so you can yeah. always recast the actor with comics, essentially, they just kind of keep the character within like a certain frame of time where it's like the same five yes, years. Yes, yes. But but it's essentially the same thing. And that's why you have this longevity. It's not like because it's it's almost too abrupt when you start the story over and you like recast everybody or restart right, everything. Right. And and so you lose people. Um it, it's funny because like you and I, we've covered so many different franchises, right? We've covered like he-man and ninja turtles and uh power rangers and all of these things they, they all restart essentially but they just kind of keep yeah. those core elements right 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 but, yeah. but doctor who is unique in that it it basically maintains its canon right I mean, some things get shifted some things get you know like there's this concept of soft canon some things kind of get like you know, we're not going to mention that the doctor says he's half human in the movie. We're not going to mention like, you know, a lot of the just weird things that are brought up once and then never come back again. Right. Um, but um, it, it, nothing 
we've never had a start. We've never had a hard start. Whereas like with um and I guess Power Rangers is a little like that too, actually, right? Yeah. Power well, Rangers it's the same continuity, isn't it? For, for the most part, I think maybe one or two of the shows are like a different continuity, but I think they kind of say that that's another universe. They don't even say it's like the main universe, but in like like uh Beast Morphers is like the second to most recent one. And in that one, they reference like Mighty Morphin Power Rangers and stuff, you know? So let me ask you a question because this is something that I was actually just thinking about yesterday. Sure. sure. I, I'm watching this um anime called um Mobile Suit Gundam yeah. uh, The Witch from Mercury. Have you seen that or heard of it? No, I think I've only seen one Gundam, and it was like the main one that really made the big splash in the US. Do you know which one that is? Is it just called Mobile Suit Gundam, the first one? Well, there's the first one's in the 70s. Okay. But I think the big, perhaps there's one in the '90s that got really big here. Yeah, right. That that's one. what you're talking about. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what's interesting about Gundam, right, is that there's like three or four different timelines. So some shows, so there are multiple shows in each timeline, but then there are also just like one-offs. The one I'm watching now, The Witch from Mercury is its own everything, its own history, its own lore, its own everything. It has like small visual references to the the overall series. Yeah. Um um and it has Gundams, the idea that there are these big robots called Gundams. And I was thinking it, how freeing is that to be like to be like look, we We've got an aesthetic, right? And, and we've got a, a vibe. We, we've got and we've got this basic idea of giant robots that you can get into and fight each other, right? So you're gonna want to see robots fighting each other. So that will always be in there some way, right? But within that framework, you could do everything. And it made me think about other franchises. Like, what if there was a Star Wars movie that was not in the timeline that we know? It's just it's called Star Wars. There right. are lightsabers. I mean, this is a little bit what I liked about the um, the Visions series. Yep. Because some of those episodes were in their own continuity. You know, I, I don't know. It, it, I've talked about this a lot, the, like the um, the tyranny of continuity, and, and, I, and I blame Marvel a lot for it. Yes. But, but how interesting would it be if more series were just like, yeah, this is this is a completely different thing, but it's the same basic elements. Yeah, yeah. Um you know, my co-host Brian, if he was here, I think he'd probably reference Final Fantasy at this point. Yeah, because, like, yeah. Isn't like with Final Fantasy, it's like it's not the same continuity ever, but there's like similar trappings in like each game. Right. Yeah, yeah. I think once in a while, like one will follow another, but yeah. for the most part, yeah, it's just the concept. It's the yeah. concept keeps getting remade, and the title, and that's. There's something so freeing to that creatively. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I, I understand what you're saying. Like, with Star Wars, they've even had this thing where it's like a comic where, like, it's almost like a what if for Star Wars and they do different versions of it. Like, what if this had happened? Like, what if Darth Vader had not died when he killed the Emperor? Well, yeah, or did you ever see the comic that was based on the earliest draft? Oh, yeah, that's another one. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, how cool is that? Because it yeah. still looks like Ralph McQuarrie, right? Yeah. Ralph McQuarrie, you need the Ralph McQuarrie uh, visual aesthetic. Right. Me, that's it. All you need is that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. No, I, I I, agree. And honestly... Now there are nerds watching this with their tea going... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I like... I like... 
I like the fact that you were like saying like, oh, I was thinking about this yesterday and I wanted to talk to you about it because it's like, you know, we're with our loved ones and stuff during Christmas, but this is the shit that's actually going through our head like right now. Like, oh, I can't wait till I can talk about Doctor Who, you know? Yeah, hi, mom. I hope you have a good Christmas. Um, <laughs> but uh, just to kind of bring it back to Doctor Who, um, you know, let's do a little bit of fantasy booking. Um, yeah. So fantasy booking for this, we're trying to speculate what's the significance with Ruby uh, Sunday? Like, why yeah. is she special? You kind of said that maybe it's like a thing like, oh, no, no, you were saying that the doctor is like Anakin, that like yeah. time made him. Yeah, yeah. What do you think might be her thing? Do you think it's something completely new? I do think it's something completely new. But that won't stop the fans online from making all sorts of theories that will not be true. Like, right. oh, her mom's the Valiard. Her mom is, or the, the, her mom's the master, or the neighbor's the master. Um, <laughs> right. I don't know. I, I, I Certainly, it'll, it, we'll find out in the finale of, of the season, right? The season proper will begin in spring of 2024. Yeah. So you get a little bit of time. Probably it'll be weaved throughout that c- series or season. And then it'll end, you know, we'll, we'll, I think we'll finally find out eventually. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be kind of like that first season or series, right? Cause they used to call it series for the right. British in version. UK, they refer, what we, we, we call seasons, they call a series. Right. So in that first series with um, Christopher Eccleston, the Rose arc, the bad wolf arc is like that first yeah. series with him. Right. So I, I kind of feel like it'll be something like that too. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to come back. Yeah, I, I wanted to just like kind of bring up one last thing about this episode. I really, really okay. I, I thought it was like a very tight story from when she's having all these little accidents, the doctor shows up, then the baby gets kidnapped and he rescues her and the baby. That was all fun and real tight. And then all of a sudden there's kind of this lull, and I'm like, uh, there's still like 20 yeah. minutes left of the show. What are they gonna do? And then it like it sort of meanders for a little bit with yeah. like I mean you were into comedy and stuff. What what do you call that kind of comedy where like people are trying to like cover up something and so they're awkwardly like moving around? Oh, is, like is it... a, a comedy of manners? Yeah, yeah, where they're like, oh, look over here. Meanwhile, someone's like right, moving right, something right, right. over. There's yeah. there's a lot of that going on with uh, Ruby's foster mother. Yeah, and and then there's this sort of like. A little bit awkward, uh, you know, uh, what's the word? When you kind of explain everything. What's that called? Starts with exposition. the D. The, yeah, yeah. The ex- exposition starts with the E. Jesus Christ. Um, but there's some awkward exposition where she's like, well, you were my favorite one. And the yeah. reason why I have 33 kids is because of you. Yeah. But, but then there's this great sequence where Ruby's missing. And then time has changed. I really yeah. love everything from the moment ruby is gone till when he rescues her yeah and it felt a little bit like they were channeling it's a wonderful life right exactly classic right because her her every her her mother uh, her adoptive mother and her grandmother both are much worse off without (laughs) her like like the mother's like this loving, caring person, right? Uh, uh, but then when without Ruby, she's just like she's just fostering kids for the money, and she's miserable. And yeah, it, it's really interesting. Uh, I do agree. It, 
it's 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 kind of weird plotting mm-hmm. um you know and everything with the you know like a more typical doctor who episode would be like we we get on the goblin ship you know we we run around we deal with the goblins we we he 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 you know has like a conversation with the goblin king he tries to outsmart them like really it's just like the goblins are there they steal a baby they go they have that musical number which i liked Uh, and then, like you said, they're back, and then they're just like establishing stuff again. It was a lot of establishing. I, I guess her, I, I think, like her mother and grandmother would be a part of it, because that's another Russell D. Davies thing. He always liked to have the companions' family be a large part of the story and somebody that you would come back to. Right, right. Um, and then at the end, they go and they steal her, and then he goes and saves her, and brutally kills the goblin king <laughs> yes 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 i uh i really want to show this to my daughter who i, I said this <laughs> in one of our previous recordings she's not able to watch star wars because she had a nightmare about chewbacca yeah. and i'm like oh the the goblins are more cute than they are scary so i think she'll be able to handle that yeah and i was like she'll even be able to handle the big one but then essentially he gets skewered by a church church yeah 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 so i was like oh that that might be a little rough for her uh if didn't it feel a lot like um the hobbit yes oh yes 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 especially like the peter jackson movies yeah 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 yeah. Yeah. uh i mean essentially the church comes up through him like a chest burster out of alien yeah yeah it's it's pretty violent yeah i mean they want to eat a baby yes (laughs) yes but it's it's all done so tongue in cheek and stuff. They're like singing, yeah. like making baby scones and stuff. Yeah, right, right, right. So, um, yeah, I mean that's that's pretty. Did you have anything else you want to say about this episode? Uh, gosh, well, I don't know. Let me look at my copious notes. <laughs> well, another another reference of Mavity. In, in yes, Mavity. Okay, I'm glad you brought that up. So I like sticking with that. I every Doctor. Look, I think every Doctor Who writer from here on in yes. should adhere to this joke. I love it. I love it. Yes. It's like, um, have you ever seen any of the Gamera movies? Uh, no, but I know the Gamera is a big deal too. Yeah. He's, he's, he's sort of like second to Godzilla. Right. He's like a giant kaiju. In a lot of the Gamera movies, uh, turtles don't exist. They like, there's a, cause the, he's a giant turtle basically, or she's a giant turtle basically, but like they, no one ever goes, oh, that's a turtle. So, like, it's a world where there aren't turtles. Okay. I never knew weird. this. It's very odd. But it's sort of like that. Like, I like the idea of, like, yeah, it's now in the world of Doctor Who, it's Mavity, not Gravity. Yeah, she's Yeah, I mean, it's this great little joke. And you know that, like, eventually down the road, there'll be a showrunner who is a slave to continuity, and he'll do a whole arc where they fix that. Yeah, you, right. You know? Where, like, Davros will go back and kidnap Sir Isaac Newton or something. Yeah, yeah. It is Mavity or Gravity. (laughs) Yeah. Um, No, no, I I love that joke, too. I'm just trying to think if there was anything else I wanted to include. I think I hit all the notes that I wanted to. Did Uh, you see the – it wasn't on Disney+, Plus, but did you see the preview online that was released that was, like, this season on Doctor Who? And it had little clips of stuff coming? (sighs) Yeah. No, just at the end of this episode, they just essentially showed the doctor. Yeah, I don't, I don't think they showed any actual clips of anything happening. Yeah, it just said new, new doctor, new home, Disney yeah. Plus. Ugh. Disney is so 
they they they're really involved. They, yes. they love it. Um uh okay, so so it was just interesting. It was very little clips of it seems like there's gonna be an episode in the 70s because you see them wearing like 70s clothes. Nice. Um, you see it you see a clip of him hugging um Rose from the other special. So that character is going to come back at some point. Oh, cool. Okay. So, Rose so, Tyler? No, not Rose Tyler. Sorry. Rose. Um, oh, Rose. Yeah. Uh, Donna's daughter. Yeah. Gotcha. 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 Oh, and th- there was a, another transgender person in this episode too. Yeah. Right. Cause Ruby's in like a band or something. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So, so, I mean, they're definitely wanting to include everybody. What did you think of Ruby and the actress who plays her Millie Gibson? Well, I, 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 okay. I didn't dislike her. I didn't think there was anything bad about her. I think she was charming too. I just kind of think that every other character around her kind of had more personality. Okay. okay. What, what about you? Um, she doesn't have a lot to do, but I did right. find her charming. Cause right. you know, like to be a good companion, right? Like you have to be, you have to be ready to, you know, go for it. Like the doctor, will choose you as companion if you have a sense of justice and if you're up for anything. And the fact that she like jumps on the thing, the fact that she has a sort of fun disposition the whole way through, no matter what's happening. Um, I, I, I know I was very charmed by her. Yes. Yeah. And actually I really loved the end where she, the TARDIS is on the street. Like she's kind of looking for the doctor and then she kind of hesitates and then her neighbor like kind of points to the TARDIS and she goes on it. I really yeah. like the way that sequence was done with like the music and everything. Yeah. And then it ends like perfectly with like, you know, she walks in the TARDIS, she does the typical like, oh, it's bigger on the inside. Yeah, yeah. And then he says, you know, I'm the doctor. So it's really is a perfect way to end that. Yeah. 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 Um, no, I thought I thought that the actress did a good job. It's so funny that we're talking about we we both use the word charming a lot in this review. And it's so funny the difference between like the Doctor Who experience and the fandom. And the other stuff that I review on here with Brian, you know, because <laughs> like one of the things that you guys should go check out, too, is our review of uh, Rebel Moon. And I don't think we could use charming for anything in that movie. That's really interesting. Uh, there's no charm. There's no there's no. Uh, uh, <laughs> never mind. He's, he, Mike's not even going to take the bait for that one. It's just like, uh, never mind. <laughs> so I guess you're not going to watch Rebel Moon, huh? Uh. You know, I've been I've been burned by Snyder so many times. Yeah, yes, yes. You know, I always say he makes the greatest trailers for the mm-hmm. worst movies. So, so yes. I, he's he's burned so many times. I've been like, this is gonna be the one that's good. And yeah. For me, at least, it never happens. So did I you ever, Did you ever watch his uh, Patrick Willems or the Patrick Willems video on him? Yes. I thought that was great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Patrick Willems is great. Uh, yeah. So, man, we're talking about other shows and stuff. I want to say to everyone that's watching, if this is your first time watching uh, Comic Books Transformed, that'd be great. A great late Christmas gift for you to subscribe, and we'd love to be with you for 2024. But you should also check out Pop Culture Man Children, which Mike is going to explain now. Pop Culture Man Children is a podcast available anywhere podcasts are found, including uh, YouTube. It is a podcast about um, movies, TV, video games, comics sometimes, everything. Uh, it has a great sort of nostalgia bend to it, but it also um looks at current things um uh, i'm proud of it because it is a it is a non-toxic environment um <laughs> i i once had a 
a, a listener write to me and he was like, you know, I was really surprised that you guys are so progressive and, and sort of open-minded given the way that you sound. And I was like, is it because I have a, a stupid sounding New York accent? Like, you're, expecting, you're expecting racism to come out of my mouth? Right, right, like, right. Hey, what the fuck? You know, <laughs> I don't, I'm for any, you know. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Hey, that Ray, she's a, uh, what the fuck? I can't even think of the soup. Sue. Mary Sue, fucking, you Mary Sue. Mary Sue. Yeah. <laughs> That's not the way Luke would have done it. Right, right. Right, so, right, right. So no, no, um. It's a very inclusive, uh, lovely place. And uh, right now we've got an episode on Ghostbusters 2 where Pete is in and then Gremlins 2. And we've got a whole new year coming of fun stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, I always enjoy having you on. And I, I really love going on to your show too, Mike. I, you know, Brian and I probably don't do as good a job as you on your channel. But we also try to be like a, a safe space here. And, you know, we, we absolutely do try to not be toxic. So, right. Uh, well- I guess going into 2024, we're just going to keep that going and uh, keep things positive. And uh, Mike, I'd love to have you back on here to talk about Doctor Who when the show comes back. Too. Yeah, sure. If awesome. I'm alive in spring, I, let's do it. Yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> let's hold another thing. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, we'll see you guys real soon. Thank you.